Welcome to What the Health, a podcast where we explore the key health issues that are often dismissed. I'm James Jensen, a functional medical practitioner and owner of Hello Health, a holistic clinic focused on treating the root cause of issues rather than the symptoms by connecting the dots and giving you practical and evidence-based solutions. And I'm Julie Johnston, one of James's clients, and I also happen to be his PR consultant, who, let's be honest, basically strong-armed him into doing this podcast. If you've been going around in circles, feeling dismissed, and not getting the results you deserve, then you're in the right place. Because as you always say, James, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. Exactly. So let's drill down to what's really going on. Okay, James. Now, I am super excited for today's chat and not because this is a great topic for women to have to experience, but I think it's really important that we're talking about menopause more often and letting women know that there are strategies uh, and tools available to help them through this challenging time. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I guess, one of those topics that's increasing in uh, popularity, if you like. I mean, obviously, it's not a new concept or a new thing that people are suffering from but um, certainly I can see a lot more media attention and a lot more information getting out there because for many women it's a it's a pretty horrible time which I guess up until recently really wasn't spoken about and you know often when I'm talking to a, a patient they might say that you know my mum never warned me about this no one ever spoke about this to me and then it just hit me like a ton of bricks so it's a it's a big topic and one that I'm really happy to help people with. Absolutely. And I think those women in the generation before us, they really did suffer in silence. And I've heard that a lot from those kind of women. And I know my mum, like I recall now, you know, I can remember when she was going through it and it was quite difficult. And she used to just flip out about little things about, you know, if my brothers left the chairs in the wrong spot and uh, being the typical teenage boys they were, they would then quite deliberately move the chairs just to a slight angle to infuriate her, which I now feel so much empathy for her because I've just turned 40. I'm starting to experience little symptoms and things like that as I head into perimenopause. So James, can you tell us what is menopause? What's going on with the body and some of those symptoms that women are experiencing? Sure. So basically roughly from age 35 onwards, um, that's where women can really technically enter into perimenopause. And perimenopause is the phase before menopause. So Perimenopause is typically low progesterone, and I say that progesterone is the handbrake to crazy. Um, so it's a really powerful like dopamine activator. It's one of those hormones that's released with ovulation. And um, the opposing hormone, estrogen, often goes high. So you have like low progesterone, and then you have high estrogen. So that excess estrogen, that often mimics things like low serotonin. So women, they like I said, they might be missing their handbrake to crazy, and then the um, excess estrogen can make them feel even crazier. So um, it's a it's a pretty uh, horrible time in terms of symptoms, both like neurologically and physically. And then once we're sort of finished perimenopause, which again can is, is really where the majority of the symptoms are, then we move into menopause, and that's where that you know a, f- a female hasn't had her period for over twelve months, and that's the I guess the technical cutoff. Um, to say, yes, I'm in menopause. And that's where all the hormones are lower. So both progesterone and estrogen are lower. And, and that's why you'll often see like a different set of symptoms. So I think most of the neurological stuff is more in perimenopause and more of the hot flushes and things like that. And 
the body shape changes are pretty pretty significant as well. So as estrogen uh, climbs, so estrogen is quite a proliferative hormone. So women will gain weight through like hips, bum, thighs, backs of arms, sometimes breasts. Um, so they'll get more of that hourglass shape, I guess. And then once they move into menopause, their bum shrinks and their belly gets bigger. Mm. And that's what we know as menopause belly. And um, it then becomes quite uncomfortable for different things they're trying to wear. Um, yeah. And are there strategies that you can use to help combat that? Yeah. So usually in perimenopause, we're working on facilitating or at least helping the body detox any excess estrogen. So that can be, you know, a number of things like could be dietary changes, for example, you know, gluten and dairy are quite inflammatory and dairy in particular can have some estrogenic properties. The more processed foods we're eating can also um, get in the way of estrogen detoxification as well. Uh, we'll do things like make sure that the, the gut's working properly because the final stage of estrogen detoxification is actually in the gut. Um, so we make sure the gut's working well and then supplement-wise we're really looking at supporting progesterone. So that can be with herbs like Vitex, um, zinc and iodine and other common ones that I would often use and, and vitamin D as well. And that's, I guess, a lot of the perimenopausal type um, management that we'd sort of look at. And then um, once we're in menopause, it's really about managing um, because at that stage in menopause, the ovaries have really lost their function. So a lot of the herbs and, and nutrients that we would use in perimenopause become less effective because those herbs are relying on the ovaries having some reserve function. So they're like pushing on the ovaries to make something. And then if you're pushing on something that's not there or is a dried up sultana, we don't get much um, success. So really it's about focusing on um, balancing things like insulin resistance, which I think we'll talk about in a minute. But um, it's really about supporting the basic metabolic functions and supporting sleep and stress and those types of things. Yeah, and of course, this is already generally quite a stressful time in a woman's life in this kind of age bracket. You're, you know, for most women, they're dealing with kind of teenage children or, you know, some are still young children, um, aging parents, a lot are working full time as well. So they're already juggling a lot of balls in the air. And then at the same time, their hormones are just absolutely wreaking havoc on them. How is it for you when you're sitting across <laughs> the table with these women? You know, wh what are some of the feelings that are really coming across and how you're able to help them with that? Yeah, so a lot of women are feeling quite helpless because really their body has changed without their permission. Mm. Um, so it's easy to go, well, you know what, I, you know, if I just slept better or went to bed earlier or ate a bit better, um, you know, everything will be much, much happier in my house. But they're really frustrated. They're really, I guess, upset that they're, you know, there's things that have happened outside of their power. Um, so I think, you know, and like you, like you bring up, it's a really busy and stressful time for many women, that sort of age bracket where they might be undergoing like perimenopause or menopause. So a lot of the, the thing that I will explain to them is once the ovaries lose some of their function to produce the hormone, your adrenal glands which are the things that sort of pick up the slack. So I say to people, it's like you have two full-time jobs and, you know, the workload is shared equally and then one of the people quits. So the ovaries quit and then the adrenals, they're stuck with that full-time job plus another full-time job. So the more busy and the more stressed you are, the more you're likely to suffer. So often it's about supporting the adrenal function and, and sometimes it's about just doing less and, you know, taking removing some of that extra burden on the body and, 
you know, prioritizing sleep, minimizing stress where we can. And, and, and that can make a huge difference with mm. um, the hormone balance too. Yeah. And as much as it's easy to say, talk to the people around you in your life about what's going on and what you're experiencing. But it is very difficult for, you know, some men and children to really, truly empathise with that. So at least by, you know, talking to their health practitioner um, and, you know, looking for those sort of supplement supports and dietary changes, that can really help. So you touched on insulin before. Do you want to talk a little bit further about that? Sure. So once we're in menopause, um, estrogen is a hormone which sensitizes the body to insulin. And insulin is a storage hormone. So if we've lost the estrogen and we, beca- we can become more insulin resistant. So that's why we gain more belly fat. And insulin resistance is really like a precursor uh, to type 2 diabetes. So what will happen is in response to like eating, insulin comes out as a storage hormone. So it tells the cells to take up the glucose out of the blood and if we become more insulin resistant the body's response is to increase insulin so we get a bigger and a stronger signal for storage of um, nutrients so you could eat literally the same thing that you're eating say five years ago and you'll just gain weight because your body's got more storage hormone around so that's why women get really frustrated and it's like literally the hardest time to to change your weight because what you used to do say five ten years ago no longer works yeah, and, you know, you're already feeling pretty battered by the hormones and then you're looking in the mirror and you're not, you know, happy with how you look either. So all up, it's, yeah, so ladies that are listening, um, you're not alone and there are definitely some things that you can do to help make it a little bit easier. Um, you've also mentioned in the past as well about like the imbalanced levels of um, the thyroid hormones. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that affects things? Yeah, so the sex hormones, progesterone and estrogen, they also have this wonderful anti-inflammatory effect. So if there's like a predisposition towards, say, a thyroid problem, that lack of sex hormone, you know, progesterone or estrogen, that's a bit of a handbrake to that inflammation and it's a bit of a handbrake to some of those autoimmune conditions. So we find that once the progesterone and estrogen is missing, it's that extra inflammation that can trigger a thyroid problem. Um, the, other, the other sort of thing in perimenopause is if that estrogen is high, that estrogen itself can also block thyroid hormone activity. So, I mean, there's a few key times when your thyroid's going to play up and that's often like postpartum or during perimenopause or menopause when there's those sort of significant changes in in the sex hormones which can then lead to problems with thyroid hormone. Yeah. And what does it look like when, you know, someone comes to see you? Are they generally already seeing their GP and perhaps trying traditional methods like HRT? Um, you know, how does it kind of come about? What stage are people coming to you and, and what are you, what's your process for um, identifying the problem and treating it? Yeah, so most of the time people have usually visited their GP already. So often it's because of the neurological stuff. So they're feeling out of control really emotional, anxious, may not be sleeping, things like that. So usually the first protocol from the GP might be to look at something like an antidepressant and many people aren't happy with that as an option. Mm. Um, HRT as well is a, is a common option that's uh, offered to women, which again, um, I, I'm, not, I'm quite a, a big fan of depending on what's going on because these days the, the HRT that's available is bioidentical. So Historically, there's a lot of fear and concern around risk of breast cancer and things like that. 
And what we find now with the bioidentical hormones that are available, so bioidentical meaning that it's what the body would normally produce. Mm-hmm. So it has less risk compared to the synthetic hormones that were traditionally available. So if we get the dose right and the right formulations, um, HRT is a great option. And most of the women that I will see, they're not so keen on HRT and they're not so keen on, you know, like an antidepressant, for example. So my sort of process is firstly explaining to them what's actually happening. I think if you understand what's happening, that makes it a lot easier to deal with. And knowing that you're not alone. That's right. And I, I do say to people, look, to be honest, your hormones have hijacked your brain. So you can be as logical as you like, but the hormones have hijacked your brain. Um, and again, like that's nice for them to hear that they're not just going crazy. Um, because especially like you mentioned, if it's a busy time, you know, if you've got, you know, teenagers and, you know, caring for parents and career-wise, things might be really busy and stressful. So sometimes people don't know if they've literally just lost the plot mm. or, you know, if it's hormone-related. So we'll undergo that process where I'll explain you know, exactly what's going on and, and there's no two cases that's the same. So some people mightn't have any hot flushes, for example, and other people might be getting completely, you know, drenched at night. So what I'll try to do is, um, from a natural point of view, we'll do things like clean up the diet and we might use some some um, supplementation as well. So if it's really sleep's the big thing, we'll focus on sleep. A lot of it will be around supporting the adrenals because if, if they're working well, the body copes a lot better. You know, if we're reducing inflammation in the diet, you know, they're going to be much happier, um, whole, you know, from a systemic point of view. And again, like I said, it's it's really case by case. And sometimes too, I'll work with, with them and their GP to actually prescribe HRT or get the doses right with HRT. Mm. And I think that's a really important point that when we're working with natural medicine, it doesn't mean we have to ditch traditional medicine because as you said, in this instance with HRT, it's actually come a long way where it is now, you know, quite safe and some of those historical issues are no longer. Um, So the fact that you're able to work hand in hand with what they're doing with their GP is fantastic. And what are some of the results you're seeing? Like, can you talk us through some of the changes you're seeing in the women? Like, if you think of some cases, what they were like when they first presented to you and, you know, after a couple of months treatment, how are they feeling? Yeah, well, sometimes um, people, you know, they will sit down and say, now, you have to help me. Um, I've heard that you're the menopause magician. Um, (laughs) which is quite funny to hear, but I mean, it, it is, it can be quite life changing because, you know, if like we, like we're saying at length, but you know, if they're really struggling with sleep and things like that, it's, it's so important just to, you know, get those things right. So, you know, uh, one example would be, I had a lady who worked at a supermarket and she was having like a hot flush sort of every five to 10 minutes continually, um, which, you know, other than being really annoying, it's, it's, well, it's completely affecting their life. So, you know, they couldn't really work properly. So they'd be like running into the cold room at work or, you know, the freezer section just to sort of get through their day. And, you know, with that, with that uh, example in particular, we, we cleaned up some of the foods that they were eating, like sugar can be a a really big trigger for hot flushes as well. So we cleaned up their diet. Um, We prescribed a, a magnesium, which is rich in glycine and glycine actually lowers core body temperature. And it also helps with detoxification of certain hormones. So just with some of those simple alterations um, in diet and with some of those cool supplements, we saw a massive change and it just brings back some of that quality of life. I mean, most women aren't expecting me to take away all their symptoms and just yeah. make it, you know, sort of perfect, like nothing's wrong anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's 
yeah, it's it's really cool to work with someone and, and see a massive change and, and even things that concern them like their libido. You know, if their libido is dropping away, that's going to affect their relationship with Absolutely. with their partners. And so getting libido right can help, you know, certainly make them feel more confident with their partner, et cetera. And yeah, it's it's a it's really nice to see really positive results with people. And body image really comes into that as well. If they're carrying, you know, extra weight on their body that previously wasn't there, even being able to assist them with those things, you know, helps them feel better in themselves too for that. Yeah, that's right. And like I said, if if they've all of a sudden got, you know, hips and bum that they've never ever had in their life, you know, if, you know, just simple stuff like facilitating that estrogen detoxification, that makes a big difference um, to their weight management. Um Something that we haven't mentioned already yet is that the increase in allergies. So I talked about how the sex hormones are anti-inflammatory and they're protective against a lot of um, inflammation. Yep. So a lot of women will also find that they, they're allergic or intolerant to foods that they weren't intolerant to. Ah, I do see this a lot with women as they're ageing, that all of a sudden they're at a restaurant and they're having a reaction to something and, yeah, their list of dietary requirements does seem to change. Mm, so they're saying like... Why at 45, you know, all of a sudden can I not eat, you know, broccoli, for example? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, it's really about modifying the immune system or, you know, doing some gut work or, you know, just explaining exactly what's happening and, and that makes a, a massive difference. Do you think our current lifestyle, like, you know, the way society is now with what we eat and the busy lifestyles we have, do you think all of that is exacerbating the symptoms for menopause compared to, you know, back, I guess, in caveman days where things were so much simpler? Yes, I think it definitely makes a, a big difference. So apparently historically women would often have children up until they couldn't so mm. um you know having having um you know say two or three children can often be protective against menopause um symptoms and often to our hormone balances is not just what we've done to ourselves it's it's like a, a a genetic sort of thing in 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 the sense that what what your grandmother um what she put her body through will affect you know your mother and then therefore you know what your mother's gone wow. through will also affect what you'll go through as well and then so if you've got that sort of genetic predisposition on top of like the busy lifestyle that we've all got like we're all i think we're all busier and more stressed than we ever have been mm. um yeah you can see it it makes a massive massive impact yeah absolutely and we touched briefly on the effect that menopause can have at work what what would you love to see in workplaces? I know I'm lucky, I'm self-employed, so I have the ability that I can work from home on days when I'm not feeling great and hormones are wreaking havoc and things like that and I can support my staff in those areas as well. Uh, what would you like to see in workplaces and greater understanding? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that understanding, you know. So women don't choose to feel like a crazy person, mm. nor do they want to act like a crazy person. So I think if there's that understanding, um, that makes a big difference because, you know, if you're feeling lousy yourself and then you're feeling like you're being judged or, you know, sort of persecuted based on things that you can't really control very easily, um, I think that understanding makes a big difference and makes people feel happier and then therefore less stressed, which mm. again, you know, will, will help their hormone balance. Um, and then I think, like you're saying, there might be a requirement for some extra flexibility around, you know, like work environment. You know, there might be, you know, some more sick days available or some altered duties depending on how they're feeling. Um, 
but yeah, it's. I think that understanding would go a long way because women are embarrassed and stressed about how their bodies changed without their permission. So often that understanding will make a big difference. Yeah, and we certainly are seeing women drop out of the workforce because of their menopause symptoms, which means that we're losing a lot of really great skills. Um, you know, so I think it's great that we're talking about menopause more often. Um, and I know there's some big conversations starting to happen, so hopefully that continues. Mm, absolutely. Have you got any final words of advice um, or support that you would like to offer anyone who's listening today who might be like, oh, this is me, you're talking about me. What would you like to say to women going through this? Yeah, I think certainly um, key advice would be, you know, you don't necessarily have to just suffer and sort of go, well, this is a rite of passage. Um, so I think there's definitely things that can be done about managing menopause and, you know, whether that being talk, talking to your doctor or, you know, coming to see someone like myself. I mean, there's there's lots of ways we can treat this and, and make it more bearable. Um, I think in, in, you know, many cultures and things like that, it, it can be a time to be celebrated, mm. you know, as opposed to sort of commiserated or, you know, avoided or not spoken about. So I think if someone, you know, is listening and they're suffering, just know that they're well, firstly, not alone, and secondarily, that there's lots that can be done about it. Yeah, and my two cents worth, um, you know, is that I think sometimes men can actually be more empathetic and understanding if they're given the chance. So even if it means taking them along to chat to a health practitioner or showing them some of the information, um, and often they'll be like, like we said before, oh, but my mum never went through this. But if they actually ask their mum, she's probably like, yes, I did, and none of you cared. Um, so, you know, having those conversations and letting it become something that we don't have to hide away from. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for that chat, James. Let's move on now to some of the frequently asked questions that we have had. Um, so one of the ones that has come up a few times um, in the mailbox, any tips for managing chronic pain without relying solely on medication? Yeah. So yes, this is a, a common one that I see. Um, again, in, even on the topic of menopause, we talked about the change in sex hormones. You know, like I said, they're anti-inflammatory. So with the reduction of some of those sex hormones, we will experience more aches and pains. And, you know, for example, you may have sprung out of bed and then all of a sudden it's like, I've got to take, you know, 10 to 20 steps to get the, the body moving. So um, hormones can make a big difference to, to people's pain. Um, one of the things that I'll always talk talked about talk to people about with um, chronic pain is that your gut is a massive source of inflammation mm. so if your gut is not right you're going to have a lot more systemic inflammation and so if you've got like a pre-existing injury that's a, like a little flag on you know for your immune system so if anything's not functioning properly from an immune regulation point of view you're going to get more pain in that area so some people with say like chronic back pain we might do a heap of gut work to get their gut working properly, you know, you know that might look like again cutting out certain foods, like I mentioned earlier, like gluten and dairy, very very inflammatory. So, you know, reduction of some of those foods and other processed foods. Some people might be getting, like, say for example, like a histamine reaction from things like tomatoes. Like I've had people that just love tomatoes, and then we we go, well, you know, sometimes they can be inflammatory. Mm. So, you know, we might take tomatoes out, and then their their chronic pain is much better. So a lot of it will be about, you know, looking at some of those lifestyle factors that we can influence, whether that be diet or, you know, cleaning up parts of their gut or if they've got like a bacterial overgrowth, that's a huge source of inflammation. So we'll fix that. And then, of course, uh, I guess they're still somewhat um, 
pain medications, but we've got some awesome natural products now, like a like curcumin, which is really, really quite powerful at being an anti-inflammatory with less side effects than say, like a naproxen or like a ibuprofen, which is neurofen. So, mm. um, a lot of them are being clinically trialed head to head against um, some of those more regular pain medicines. So there's there's some pretty cool natural options available which actually do work. It's not like the um, the weak, inferior version. It You know, a lot of them have really good clinical um, use. Yeah, no, that's fantastic information. So anyone who is living with chronic pain, it's definitely worth exploring some options that might give them some relief. The next question we've got. Hi, James. I'm a man in my late 20s who has never been big on sports or gyms, but I try to walk every day. I've always maintained the same weight, but I get puffed doing simple activities like walking up a flight of stairs. Is this because I am unfit and need to work on my cardio? Or could there be something else going on? I'm not lazy. I just don't have a lot of energy. Yeah, so one of the questions I'll ask people if I'm suspicious that something like their iron might be low or their hemoglobin might be low is I'll say, you know, do you get short of breath um, or do you yawn a lot? So one of the one of the key sort of markers can be of like low iron or low hemoglobin is when you walk up a flight of stairs, when there's that extra requirement for oxygen, um, they'll get short of breath really quickly, mm. which is not a reflection of their fitness. It's just literally that they they don't have the cells or the ability to transport oxygen to those cells. So... When I read that question, the, my first thought is really around, you know, iron and transportation of oxygen around the body. So that's probably um, something that I'd be checking out. Mm. Yeah, all of us will be evaluating ourselves when we walk upstairs now. Um, and I can relate to that. I know times when I've not been well, just walking up two small flights of stairs, I've been completely puffed and it was because some of those levels were out of whack. So um probably could go to the gym a little more often too wouldn't hurt (laughs) Uh, and our last question for today I've noticed I've started becoming very agitated and short-tempered which is very unlike me am I just burning the candle at both ends or is there something normal behind such outbursts yeah so this um sort of question the first thing that comes to mind would be things like adrenal function so there's multiple stages of you know I guess things that we call like burnout when, when people are sort of, I might, they might have like a period of like, say, like a busy week where they're really stressed and potentially not sleeping well. But if they're doing that for a really long period of time, often what will happen is their adrenals might um, flatten out or, or their function may be altered in some way. So you can go from like being sort of busy, stressed and sort of coping okay to like really flat and fatigued. And then what will often happen is, you know, I'll say to people, do you have trouble tolerating idiots? So, you know, they might get a question, you know, that normally they would sort of just take in their stride and go, look, it's a bit of a silly question, but that's okay. There's no such thing as a silly question they'll answer. Whereas people, when they're, when they're really burnt out, um, they will sort of just, everything will annoy them. Yeah. So, again, something like that, I'd be wanting to, again, probably likely support adrenal function, which could look like, you know, good old-fashioned B-complex, magnesium, um, vitamin C is really good for recycling catecholamines. So they're things like um, catecholamines and things like cortisol. So that's if they're really flat and burnt out and everything just annoys them. The adaptogen herbs are really good as well. So, you know, things like shisandra and withania and, and rhodiola, they're great for, I guess, as the name suggests, they're adaptogens. So when you're feeling flat, they'll pick you up. But when you're feeling stressed or anxious or overwhelmed, um, it helps bring things back down to normal. 
Fantastic. Great advice there, James. Thank you very much for the chat again today. Um, It's been fantastic advice. And as always, we learn so much from you. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. We hope you enjoyed this episode on What the Health. If you want to keep hearing more, follow us on the Apple Podcast app, where you'll be notified every week when we drop a new episode. If you love the show and want to support us, feel free to share the podcast or go leave us a review. Yes. Help make Julie's life easier when she's trying to market this podcast. And of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention that you can go book a consultation in person or online with James to discuss all your health concerns. Head on over to www.hellohealth.au. Plus, you'll get free postage on any products you purchase. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.